Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast, dedicated to modern sales and marketing, innovation, and leadership. Here's your host, Ian Altman. Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Altman. We're joined this week by Sean Daly. Sean is an experienced marketing executive who helps businesses leverage digital marketing and social media ads to grow. I met Sean through a mutual client where he combined his expertise in digital marketing with the principles of same-side selling to generate incredible results. We're going to discuss the greatest misconception about digital marketing, the most common pitfalls that cause companies to waste money on advertising, clever tools that give you insight about buyer behavior, and an approach that helps Sean's client see a 20% increase without any additional investment. You're going to learn a ton from Sean Daly. Sean Daly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for letting me be here. Letting you be here. We're happy to have you here. Can you start by sharing something surprising about you that people may not know? I would say that uh, I'm a twin and I'm married to a twin. And actually all four of us went to either prom or homecoming or something back in the day. And uh, well, my brother and and sister-in-law, they didn't like each other. So that was it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's a, um, that's, you know what? And, and I got to believe statistically, that's probably pretty unusual. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately we don't have twins. That would make me uh, a little scared, but <laughs> just, just, just the one so far. Well, that's interesting. My, my wife and I have two children and we were inclined to have a third and we had several friends who around the time we were talking about having our third had twins. We had two, two different couples had twins and a third couple had triplets. And we just looked at each other and said, you know what? We're, we're, you know, we're, we're open to three, but we're not up for four or five. So we're good (laughs) with two. And that, and that's, and that's been it. And we've been fortunate to uh, have two healthy, great, great uh, young adults now, but um, interesting stuff. Yeah. So, I, I want to tap into your expertise when it comes to digital marketing and digital advertising, and you've done some remarkable things. What's the greatest misconception that you see that people have when it comes to digital marketing or digital advertising? Uh, I would say that, especially on with social media, if, if you're selling a a service or like a big ticket item that social media is not going to be your source to actually sell the product. People don't buy on social media. Um, you need to use social media as your traffic source to get them to either your website or a lander page. And then you start to sell them there. And often you may not sell them there. You have to you know, continue to retarget and get them there. But often people will run their ads and maybe not get any sales. And they'll think that it was, um, you know, a waste of money and, and a failure and then they'll give up. And the issue was they you were using social media incorrectly. And if you think about it, when's the last time you purchased a high ticket, you know, item while you're scrolling through, you know, social media? Probably never. So so the so the great misconception is that somehow I'm gonna I'm gonna use social media and in using social media, people are going to see the ad and click buy rather than yeah rather than using the ad to entice someone's interest. 
Correct. And, you know, people are just scrolling on social media. It's not an, it's not an intent engine. People are not looking to buy anything. They're just, they're just scrolling. So we have to have, you know, different types of ads to pique their interests, get them into the funnel. Yep. And so what are some of the mistakes that you see businesses make when they're trying to, you know, because a lot of companies say, okay, so I'm going to try Facebook ads. I'm going to try a Google ad. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, use this tool or that tool and, and, and this platform. And now I'm going to start advertising. What are the big mistakes that you see businesses make when they first try to get into this world of digital marketing or digital ads? So even if they have the correct understanding that they're not going to sell on social media and they're going to use it as a traffic source, uh, they often mess up on the retargeting side. Uh, just because you know you get someone on your website doesn't mean they're going to make that purchase, especially if it's a service or a big ticket item. You have to retarget them. And so, what do you what do you mean by that? So, so walk walk through that a little bit so that our audience and, and keep in mind, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the people listening right now are um, are CEOs or senior executives. At, um, at businesses in a variety of different industries or people who are, you know, sen- senior people in sales or business development roles. What, when you say the targeting side, what do you mean? So someone, um, you know, clicks on, you know, that your link to, they go to, let's say your website. First, we're able to uh, do what's called a pixel on Facebook. All that means is you've, basically been marked and now we can retarget and keep showing you different types of ads and offers on Facebook um, to hopefully entice you to, you know, convert there. Um, But also once they go to the website, now we're able to um, basically mark them there. So now if they are on other websites, even if you're on, let's say a news site, you're looking at CNN or Fox news, we can have ads on those pages showing, um, you know, different offers. And the way they interacted with your website the first time will determine what type of offers we want to show them the second, third, fourth time. Typically what I like to do, and this is often not done, um, is let's say someone's on my website for, you know, 10 seconds or more. Well, I'm going to want to show them uh, different types of ads that may be a little more aggressive than someone that was on my website for less than 10 seconds. If they were there for less than 10 seconds, chances are they, you know, either clicked on it by mistake or they just weren't that interested. We didn't have the right offer for them. So I need to continue to show them, you know, different pieces of content, maybe give them some free offers just to see if they are interested. And if they aren't, then our system will then basically kick them out of our of our funnel, if they are interested, we'll continue to show them different types of ads. And as time goes by, get a little more aggressive with the offers. Yeah. And when you say more aggressive with the offers, what do you mean? Uh, it depends on what it is. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a product. Um, you can maybe go 10% off if you purchase right now. Or let's say you're in wealth management. It's, hey, the markets are coming down. This is, you know, if you really want to get that second opinion, this is your, your opportunity before you lose any money. And so the idea is that in many cases, what I see is companies that take kind of a one size fits all approach where they have an ad 
that people see the same ad over and over again. And it sounds like one of the things that you're suggesting is, look, it can't be one size fits all. You need to have a series of different ads. And depending upon people's behavior, we need to adapt those ads so that people get a different experience based on their perceived level of interest. Is that where you're going? Yep, exactly that. Especially if someone was on your site and let's say they clicked on your contact us page, but never actually filled out the form. Well, something like that, I'm going to hit back at them pretty aggressively uh, to get them to come back because they're, they're that close. They were right there. So I, I can go a little more aggressive than, you know, some softer generic ads with free content. So the idea is using these, using these platforms to actually get, you know, get top of mind or capture someone's attention. And what are, what are some of the trends that you're seeing now of things that work, whether it's in um, financial services, whether it's um, other professional services. I mean, it could be a law firm, it could be an accounting firm, it could be a consulting company. What are some of the trends that you're seeing as being effective? And what are some of the things you're seeing that really just don't work that well? Uh, so for things that are working well, people, they like free offers. Um, and at first, I especially would say your wealth management company, um, you know, you don't want to just give all your information out free because then you have the mindset that people will then manage their own money or go take that information to their own advisor. But it's, it's the opposite. When you're willing to offer some information, they gain some more trust in you and you disarm them. And so um, the type of ads that work really well are you know, maybe, uh, you know, a free webinar or like a free PDF of, you know, top 10 mistakes we see people make, um, in X industry and, uh, just different offers like that. Just the free offers, um, allows you to capture their information, allows you to, uh, retarget them online through social media or various uh, search engines. And, uh, for things that don't work, um, just trying to go for the sell the first time. It's rarely ever going to work and you'll waste a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm guessing if you're selling, like we've, we've all probably seen ads and I know I've been targeted on this where uh, we're, we're a culinary family. So we, we love to do stuff around in the kitchen. And I remember clicking on one ad for this knife sharpening system and everywhere I go now, I'm seeing an ad for this knife sharpening tool. And it's just funny to me because I'm thinking when I clicked, when I clicked it the first time, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I'm like, Oh no, like that's <laughs> all I'm going to get. And it's funny. I have a, um, I, I have a, uh, a relative who, um, who, who I, who I, um, is an older relative who I send these depends undergarments to. And mm-hmm. now, you know, comes in my ad feed is hilarious, <laughs> you know, because I'm the one buying it. That's, you know, I'm seeing all those ads. So I'm sure there's that yep. element of it. Um, and, and so, so that level of targeting, obviously we don't want it to be so intrusive, nope. but, um, but to your point, if I was seeing a different type of ad, if let's say I saw something that said, instead of for that product, if it's, if, if there was a ad that said, you know, what's the best way to get a kit to get and keep a kitchen knife really sharp. I'd probably click on that magnet and be like, Oh, exactly. what's that? Oh, it's the same thing again. Yep. Exactly. And if, you know, maybe the first time it's like that second time it's a webinar or 
Um, and then maybe the third time we can go in and offer a, a consultation. Um, it really comes down to how they interact with your website the first time. And I, I use that 10 second model for a reason. It's less than 10 seconds. Then, you know, it's going to take a lot more free offers to, to interest them. Fortunately, it's actually really cheap to retarget as well. Really? How, how so? So give people an idea of what it might cost. And obviously it's different depending on industries and what people are trying to get, but what might it cost to, um, to run this type of campaign, not in terms of everything, but what's the, what's the cost per impression per click and things like that for just give us some examples. So people have an idea of what they're looking at. So let's say I would use Google, for instance, run AdWords, um, or if you're running Bing ads, they charge you per click. And so let's say you're running an ad for, let's say you're a law firm, you're running an ad for, um, you know, injury law. You know, if you're, depending on where you are, you may pay anywhere from three to, um, you know, five bucks or so for a click. And if you, let's say you get 10 clicks, the next thing you want to look at is what's the conversion rate on your website. If you get one lead, then we're looking at a 10% conversion rate. And if leads are, if the clicks are five bucks a click, we just spent $50 for a lead. Um, Facebook charges per impression. So if someone's just scrolling through Facebook and your ads there, even if they just scroll right past it, you're going to get charged. But similar, um, you know, rates when someone, um, you know, clicks on that ad, we want to know, um, how much it cost just to get someone to click. And then in second, how much we had to, um, you know, how many of those clicks were we able to get to actually have someone convert? So we really pay attention to how much the click costs are and then what the conversion rate is. And if we can get to, you know, optimize up to 10%, that's like the gold standard for getting 10%. That's fantastic. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the goal. That's great. And so, and so the idea is that, what you're actually doing is tying this back to an ROI. So it's not just, you know, one of the things I think that is a great misconception for a lot of people is, oh, well, it's just another form of marketing. And what I often share with people is, look, in the world of digital marketing, you can actually, if you do the right work, you can actually point back to the tangible ROI associated with the campaign. Exactly. With that you couldn't do in print. Yep. Exactly. You know, in, in print, it's going to be almost impossible to know what happened. But digitally, you can say, well, we know that someone saw this ad. We know they clicked this. We know they got to this form, and this person became a client. So I can point to, here's how much this campaign cost us to run, and here's how much business we got from it. And let's face it, if you run a campaign that costs you $10,000, and it generates $400,000 in business, you know, just rinse and repeat. You just want to do that as much as you possibly can. Yep. And what's great about it, you know, you could, as you, if you collect the right data and track the right data, um, you'll go to save money in the long run. I'll give you an example. So for some reason, wealth management prospects, um, if I exclude Android users and only show ads to iPhone users, my lead cost is actually a little bit higher. However, they are more likely to answer the phone when we actually call them. I don't know why, but that's just how it is. And so it's important that you track that data, not just 
you know, the data of getting leads, but also on the sell side. And then we can tie that back to those audiences and be able to save money there in the long run. And then once we fine tune, Hey, this audience is costing us X amount per lead or per appointment. Um, and it's selling at, you know, X rate, then we can scale from there. We know what our costs are. We can then build out from there. You know, I, I, I love that. So it's just, it's, it's really looking at and analyzing the data. So my guess is one of the big mistakes that people make is they run an ad, but they're not really doing any analysis. Yeah. And there's different parts to, you know, collecting that data and, and run the analysis. You know, you can look at, you know, the actual data, the, you know, the, the uh, quantitative data that's there. But there's other tools I like to use. Um, so there's a tool that I, I use for every website. It's called Lucky Orange. And it literally records everyone's interaction on your website. So I can then go and watch replays and watch, literally just watch people scroll on my site. I can see where their mouse is going. And uh, that will also collect data for me to allow me know um, which parts of my site people are using, uh, what parts are they just scrolling right through, so then I'm able to use that to figure out, okay, well, no one cares about this, this section. So how can I change this? Or maybe I need to throw a call to action here, or maybe um, the call to action right here, I need to change this text and include a different text. And so, um, so there's a lot of time that goes into it. Um, but in the end, it allows you to save money and convert at higher rates. When you collect both that quantitative and that qualitative data, that's when you can put together a really powerful ca- uh, campaign. Got it. And how does I, I know that we've got a we've got a mutual client who we work with together, which is which is how Sean and I met actually. Um, and and so I've been I've been fascinated with how you've tied this this approach for digital marketing and advertising together with same side selling. So what's been different in how the same side selling approach fits with what you've been doing in terms of marketing? Um, I would say the biggest thing that you were able to, um, you know, cram into our heads was uh, just disarming people. Um, and, you know, as you're a teacher, it was, you know, talking to the sales team of that company. But, you know, as I was listening, I was able to really apply that in the marketing side. And that's when I really started to kind of shift the way I was marketing and offered more free offers and really focus on just disarming people. Um, and, um, as we've done that, I've been able to see, um, you know, conversions, you know, go up and not necessarily my marketing costs, my marketing costs actually, to be honest, it stayed, you know, around the same, but what we noticed was people were more willing to actually answer the phone after they filled out that form because they didn't feel like we were just going to, you know, sell them something they don't need. So, so give us give us an example of how the how you're using disarming in the in the, in these ads or in marketing or on the landing pages. So, um, initially it was um, I'll just talk about the, the call to action. So, you know, let's say it's schedule a twenty minute call, um, and that was you know the, the call to action. Um, after working with you, Ian, I don't think I've ever told you this, but. Um, we had, we ended up adding a, a second line. So instead of just schedule a 20 minute call, it was schedule a 20 minute call. And on that call, 
will actually determine if it makes sense to work together. We are not for everybody. And by adding, and I don't know if those are the exact words, but adding, you know, that type of phrase, it, you know, we, people were more willing to answer. And I don't know what it was, but um, we had a much higher rate of people uh, keeping their meetings. Well, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the research behind this and the analysis that I've done, what it comes down to is this, is that we've all been on the receiving end of someone trying to sell us something, not even knowing whether or not it's a fit. And so when we, if it's, Hey, let us schedule a call with you so we can sell you our stuff. (laughs) It's not very appealing, but if it's, Hey, we'd love to talk to you to see if we can help. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to someone to see if you can help. I mean, the fact that you're not assuming you can help already means that we're going to have a conversation to determine whether or not there's a fit. This isn't a conversation about you. This isn't a timeshare presentation. <laughs> this is, this is like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, I'm just selling something whether you need it or not. It's, we're just trying to see there's a subset of people who are a good fit for us. You may be, you may not be. And exactly. we're just going to try and figure that out together. It makes it so that people are more inclined to answer the phone because they, as long as we don't violate that, they're saying, okay, well, let's see if this is a good fit or not. I'm open to that. And it changes people's openness at that point. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see a difference in terms of conversion rate? I mean, is there, is there was there an impact you could measure? Um, yeah. So um, just people answering the phone went up about 20%. Um, so that's actually the, the main conversion rate um, that I, I was looking at. It was just the fact that we were actually getting people to keep their first meetings. Um, to be honest, on the actual closing side, the percentage was actually about the same. However, we were getting more first meetings, which meant we were closing more deals. Yeah. So, so the 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 quote closing or confirming or or you know people becoming clients rate stayed the same, but the fact that twenty percent more people were taking your call. So instead, you know, if, if before you were meeting with 10 people, now you're meeting with 12 people, if your conversion rate stays the same, then you're generating 20% more clients with the same effort. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's almost like uh, Google and Facebook give me a 20% off on their costs. And, you know, they don't do that, but as you optimize, that's how you get your discounts. That's fantastic. And, um, and, and this is something that the, the beauty is that for the, for this one client um, that we have in common, they're, they're on the wealth management space. Um, and so I, I, you know, I almost feel like in some cases people would think, oh, well, you know, gee, I, you know, no one's going to pay attention to these ads, but obviously it's been the cornerstone for how they've grown their business. And one of the questions I want to ask you about is I know that you've shifted because of the COVID situation where the, a lot of the initial conversations are either webinars or digital. And how have you seen that change? And how has your strategy changed in terms of the webinars? Have they gotten shorter? Did you change some of the approaches? What's been different there? So initially, we, um, we, you know, uh, we just started sending traffic to a webinar. And it was not a good webinar. Like uh, people were spending maybe uh, four or five minutes on it. It was about a 20 minute webinar. 
and that's all we were getting. Um, you know, round two made some uh, um, edits to the actual content. We were able to get people close to about seven minutes of about a 17-minute webinar. Now, people weren't watching it, but we were still collecting their information. Our sales team was getting these people on the phone. They were still able to close these people. So it was, at least we were getting their information, um, but then none of them were actually watching the webinar. <clears throat> Round three, we ended up, um, I ended up using a software that actually made our webinar interactive. And um, and what do you, and when you say interactive, what do you mean? Because I want to make so, sure that people understand yeah, and visualize so it. It allows them to choose what they want to watch. Um, I remember, you know, growing up, there was, you know, children's books where you can, you know, choose the ending or choose which path they take, and that would determine, you know, how the rest of the story goes. Uh, same concept. So let's say they're watching the webinar, and um, you know, the presenter starts off talking saying, Hey, you know, if your, your questions are different based on who you are, if you're retired, your questions are different than if you're a couple years off of retirement, you know, which one are you? And then it allows them to, you know, click on the, you know, the video and choose one of those two options. And then depending on how they answer the next question, it then splits out again. And then it will offer them different questions to pick from and they can choose one of the questions that they want. And then it takes them down that, that path. And so now people are, actually engaged the content's actually tailored to them and it's new for them too so they they're kind of whoa what is this and so they're spending more time actually using that uh using our you know watching our webinar and people are actually finishing it and the analytics behind it shows us you know what type of stuff questions people are clicking on which ones are not then well then we look at it and no one's clicking on this question let's swap that that one out and it allows us to really just kind of pinpoint, um, you know, really who our audiences are, what they're interested in. And the best part is at the end of it, it's you can have a really targeted call to action. We can't really do anywhere else because we've been able to keep them engaged. We know who they are. We know if they're, you know, two years up from retirement that, that are 60 plus years old and that their interests are X, Y, and Z because of what they've chosen. And so now the call to action is, is like, hey, look, I, I know you're, you know, this is who you are and these are your struggles. This is why you should meet with us. And it comes off as that we're, you know, disarming to use, you know, the phrase you like to use that it's not that we're just slamming something down their throats. It's, hey, we know you. These are your problems. This is why you should meet with us. And it works. Yeah. That's fantastic, and and dis, and despite the the COVID situation, despite everything else, um, it sounds like things are moving in a positive direction, even amidst all this chaos. Yeah, um, you know, my, a lot of my clients uh, took us about about two weeks to figure out. All right, you know, how are we going to do this? Um, but we got it figured out, and um, it's it's working great. Now we don't want to go back. A lot of them aren't going to go back to our original marketing strategies because people like what's going on now. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I think that I think that in times of crisis, innovation often can be the answer. And then once people get that, they realize, wait a minute, this is the way I should have been doing it all along, and it creates new opportunities and, and new roads to get there. Hey, Sean, what's the best way 
for people to learn more about the kind of work that you do and to get information about your business? Yeah, um, digitalstem.com. That's great. That's great. I appreciate it, Sean. And, and, and I tell you, it's, it's a fascinating topic. I've often been skeptical of the digital advertising, digital marketing space, and you've turned me into a believer in this thing and working with you um, with, with clients is really, you know, combining these two things together has created a great multiplier effect. And uh, I appreciate you sharing your wisdom today. Of course. Thanks for your time. I'll give you a quick recap of the great information that Sean shared. Remember to visit samesidesellingacademy.com for your free access to the Growth in Crisis course. Here are the key elements you can apply right away from Sean's interview. First, targeting is key. If you can get initial information about your visitor, you can tailor ads just to them. Ads can't be one-size-fits-all. You need to have a series of ads to fit the user. Track devices and platforms as those might tell you where you should and shouldn't invest. And finally, use the disarm method in same-side selling to drive a more receptive audience. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer. Bye now.